every time we do this, I have the song from Toy Story, Woody's Roundup, stuck in my head, even though it's a question roundup. Mm. I always go, question roundup. And I can't sing the rest because, you know, Disney. Um, <laughs> they might sue us for copyright infringement. They're going to find us. Dude, if Disney is listening to our kink podcast, I'm going to be Hi, so Disney. proud. Welcome to Love in Brief, a brief ABDL podcast focused on issues of love. Yeah. <laughs> love for yourself. Oh, yeah. Love for others. There's a lot of that, yeah. Love for your community. Sure. Love for your truth. Oh, I like that. That's a new one. Mm. Love for your puppers and kitties. Also that one, yeah. And, you know, just love for autumn because it's finally not summer anymore. Oh, it's just the best. I feel like the most basic bitch when I say this, but... I love fall so much. Uh, you're PSL all day. Like, I know I'm PSL all day. I just did sweater worry. weather, whatever. I, like, I thought I was special because I like fall, but everybody likes fall, it turns out. Uh, hot girl autumn. Yeah, baby. But that <laughs> does mean it's time for our question roundup for the fall. We hit, I don't know if we even got to one of these during the summer. There was Let's so much call going this, on. We can call this our summer one. Our late summer question roundup. That way, that way we can leave room fall, for a fall one. So does... So do, so do the answers into this podcast. That's right. As the leaves fall, so do our episodes. Uh, I am resident, yes. I'm road not taken. <laughs> I caught, did I catch you taking a sip of a drink? <laughs> uh, yes, you did. <laughs> I thought so. Sorry. Well, either way, both of us are here for you, uh, as always, as we always have been for low these last decades. No, I don't know how long we've been doing this podcast, but we are sneaking up on episode 100. Decades. We're only two episodes away. Can you believe it? I can't. I'm really surprised. Well, at the end of this episode, I'll have an ask for you. In case you didn't listen to the last one, I will have an ask for you. Yes, you, the listener, you sitting right there, standing right there, walking <gasps> over there, you out running. Driving your car. Good Driving for you, your running. Car, flying that airplane. Hey, Maybe pay attention pay, to the Pay sky. attention to the flying part. Yeah. Well, I will have a request for you at the end of this episode. But I am so excited to be back with RT and back with you. I'm excited and to be back. Yeah, and we want to do our question roundup. We try and do this once a quarter or so, where, believe it or not, this is an advice podcast. Believe it or not. <gasps> I know. We do a lot of episodes that are more like highlighting cool things that are happening in the community, but even those come with a lot of advice, as you may have noticed from our last episode, where we talked to a couple of creators mm. about the magic thing they made and how they made it so that you can make it too. Well, this one is direct Q&A style advice. Uh-huh. So, R&D, I thought I would throw one out to you to start. All right. Does that sound all right? That sounds good to me. All right. So, um, the question that came up was from Anonymous, one of our most uh, popular question askers. And the question came up around how to little yourself. And this is something we've talked about before. But mm-hmm. the fact that we keep getting this question means I don't think that we have adequately answered it, or at least not frequently enough. So, here's the question. Anonymous asks, could you maybe do an episode on how to be little by yourself and how to cope with feeling lonely? And I thought you might speak to this first because I know you identify more on that side. And I know that you and I have both been through periods where we've been by ourselves in recent months and that it can be, you know, rather lonely. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you can speak to ways that maybe you have engaged feeling that amazing little feeling, even when you don't have a partner? Sure. Um, So my 
My answer might sound a little bit different um, as I've sort of to sort of started to do some exploration and understanding myself a little bit better. I've I've sort of reaffirmed how much of a relational little I actually am. Um, it can be very difficult for me to do little by myself, um, only in so much as it is. Well, I could do it. I think it's just not my. It's not usually the way I go. Oh. Um, so you can identify with anonymous go. here that, that yes. it can feel sort of difficult. It can feel very difficult. So um, one thing I would recommend is if you have an ability to get yourself into a, a an imagined scenario where you would be little end by yourself. So if you just sort of imagine that you're in a room by yourself, so you can close your bedroom door and turn on a movie and get a stuffy or a lovey and like a passy and like get yourself into a headspace where you're in a scenario that you can imagine a little being in alone. Uh, so you could almost imagine the big is in the next room kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Which is, or you could just play in a playroom by yourself or anything that you can imagine to be your playroom in that moment. Uh, you can uh, set small rules for yourself, like don't use the stove for the next hour or so while you're in that space. Instead, uh-huh. get like little snacks, like cheese slices or, you know, Things that you could get as a little without a big's help. Um, feeling lonely is very difficult when you're in that space. I think um, it's not easy to do it completely on your own. I think if you're feeling particularly lonely in that headspace, reaching out to a friend who will just affirm your littleness for you or affirm that you're okay and that you're acceptable where you are, that can do a lot. To help in those moments. Mm. So saying to somebody else that you know very well, hey, just remind me that this is valid for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like somebody who may not be participating, but who just says something sweet to you, like have a friend who knows that this is something you're attempting and ask if they can just send you a text at some point saying like, hey, little one, I hope you're having a really fun time. Mm. Um, something that can be helpful. Yeah. It, um, it can be so individualized. Like, it's, it's such an individual journey that it's hard to give advice that applies to everyone. And I think that's maybe why we keep getting this question. Sure. Um, I would say whatever you need to do within the, like, sort of realm of safe, sane, consensual, and not involving anyone else to get into that headspace I say you go for like sometimes it's swinging on a swing sometimes it's reading a little book sometimes it's watching a show or taking a nap whatever you need to do is 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 okay Hmm. one of the tricks that I've used when I've been alone and I really want that feeling is I've used the trick of self-talk and RNT I don't know if you've used this as well but actually sort of reminding, affirming myself in the middle of things, either sort of, this is going to sound creepy, but sort of in the voice of who the big would be or, or just me to me being that friend for myself and saying, you know, this is good and you are little and you need this. And I found that incredibly reinforcing. I have done that as well. I've actually forgot about that, but yeah, I do that too helpful yeah 
and it doesn't have to be that you're like doing two different voices or whatever I mean more power to you but um, even just like ultimately here's the thing is that when you're when you're in a mind space like that that is so powerful for you like you have a gift that just simply being in this mind space is for you relaxing calming even sort of borderline therapeutic that mind space exists mostly in your head even when you have a partner and this is the stuff I, you know maybe we don't talk about enough but like even when there's a partner there that's still in your brain and it's still in your heart and you can give yourself those affirmations the same way that a partner can now it may not feel the same and you may still have loneliness and that makes total sense to me but you can affirm your own mind space and it's okay to talk to yourself. There's been all kinds of academic work on people who talk to themselves. I'm one of those folks who talk, talks to myself constantly. No, you don't. Yes, I do. And in this case, there is actually, I think, a benefit to it. Are you laughing at me? That's yeah, I was, I was <laughs> muted. I didn't realize, but I was laughing and I was like, that was really fun. Um, but no, but it's true that there is all kinds of great research now that suggests that folks who talk to themselves are actually well-adjusted and in many ways have an autonomy that other folks don't have, which is that they have the ability to speak into their own minds and hearts and souls, the things that they need to hear. I am going to actually turn this question around on you now in a different way. No. Yes, it's oh. happening. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Our next question asker um, who may or may not be anonymous. Uh, no, this no, was toddler a yeah, toddler from uh, FetLife. From yeah. FetLife, sorry. Um, asks a question that we haven't actually tackled as much and one to which I really can't speak. So this is going to be on you unless I come up with some wild and crazy untested idea. <laughs> I'm ready, I'm ready. So it says, how do bigs engage with bigness when they do not have a little? Uh. Is bigness... CGDDMDness intrinsically relational to a CG slash L dynamic. Whoa, whoa. Can we can we break down these acronyms a little bit? Yes. Is bigness a caregiver, daddy dom, or mommy domness intrinsically relational to a caregiver little dynamic? Ah, I see. How does it feel to occupy that space without a relational reflexive, such as a little or middle to which one attends? Okay, first off, I have to say, Toddler Demalion, I know you sent this question in like 45 years ago. Uh, thank you for submitting it. And also, this is one of the most grammatically correct questions I've ever it seen. It gives me so much happiness. Oh, you just you oh. put goosebumps on me the way you, you, you actually made this work. Oh. Uh, so way to go. Mm-hmm. What, what, what a brilliant question. So and I know, RNT, you, you and I have talked about this. We've put it on the podcast before. But I actually think bigness is, an, is a vastly underexplored territory. Like to me, it is the difference between uh, the way we've discovered the earth and the way we've discovered the oceans, right? Where there's so much in the oceans that is yet uncovered. Yeah. And yeah, this is one of those spaces we don't talk about enough. So how do bigs engage in bigness when they don't have a little? And this is something that I have faced head on. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we picked this question for this episode. I've looked at this in the last several months. One of the ways that I've done it, and I, I, I don't know how this applies to everybody else, but I guess I, I'm sort of generally kind of reflective and pensive this way, but 
I've thought quite a lot about what is my big side. What is that? Is it, is it just an, a fetish? Is it a kink? I don't think so. Not for me. I think it's more of an, an energy, a manifest energy. And for me, what that energy is, is one about sort of creating in the world my, my will and my love at the same time, because I happen to be like a really gentle Dom. Right. And what I love is trying out in little ways out in the world, manifesting my will. So how do you big with no little? For me, it's about applying, like sort of dismantling and applying tender, loving care with authority to the world, which is something that you can do in almost every interaction you have where you find it appropriate. For instance... I was going to say, can you give us an example? Sure. So, for instance, if I am in a conversation with a colleague and I recognize that they have a need for empathy and a need for love, but they also need direction because they're coming to me with a problem that they would like a solution for or perhaps that I have a some kind of novel answer for, that is actually two like major energies of bigging for me, of bigness, which is let me give you direction and let me show up for you empathically. When I have pieced apart bigness into its requisite components, its energies, I actually get to practice bringing my will into the world by saying, here's what I'd like you to do. Here's where I think you should go. Here's what I think your next step should be. Meanwhile, I get to also flex that soft, gentle guidance the part that says, I feel you, I understand you, you're allowed to sort of have your experience in my presence and I will honor that and I will give you direction. So if that's the relational reflexive you're referring to, Toddler Demelian, um, I think you actually can do that quite a lot because there are people all around you who have concerns, vulnerabilities, problems that they bring to you and say, what do I do with this? Hmm. Now that doesn't feed the DL side. It doesn't feed the AB side necessarily, but it does for me, and it takes a lot of work, but it does for me speak to energies that just live inside that you need to get out. And I guess I would compare it to like a musician who like feels the need to create a song. And so they find ways when they're on the road with no piano and no way to record, they find ways to express for me, that has been really helpful. And the experiment of it, of trying to manifest my will into the world, is in and of itself a delight. And it's not about forcing or pushing or doming the world. It's about being clear and directive with empathy. And that, for me, happens to be the space that I try to occupy as a big So while I might not have a big side of me that feels like it doesn't get enough attention, I I can kind of understand, um, I think, where you're coming from, R.Y., and tell me if I've got this right. Um, Would it be the same thing as if you're in a situation where you're sort of just observing people in their own element at the grocery store or going through something and having that understanding and compassion that you might for a little or for someone in a vulnerable position and giving them that grace is that 
another way of expressing that and and um, sort of occupying that space. Yeah, I think that's a great description. I'll give you a case in point. Uh, what, three days ago, I happened to be subbing as a bartender at a place near my house that um, periodically I will, if they need me, I'll show up and bartend. You for. were subbing? <laughs> I was doming as a bartender. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. Just, just making sure. <laughs> I, walked, I walked in the back, and one of my coworkers um, had just gotten off the phone and was crying. And so I was able in that moment to make a very conscious choice to manifest my big energy and to manifest my empathic energy. And it, it wasn't like I'm having a fetish moment here. This was, can I look at those intrinsic parts of my big and can I bring those to life? And so I was able to show up for this person with a giant sort of embracing arm wrapping hug and then a very calm conversation about what just happened and then some direction where it was appropriate and asked for. And in that space, I actually got the feeling that I had just spoken to the little heart that all of us have, that little vulnerable heart that all of us have, that my big had been in some ways really hungering for in one form or another. And that's a brilliant little flex that That's is, really good. it's not kinky, so you don't require like consent for sex or anything like that. It's just a way to show up and manifest energy. I like that. I like that. Um, that's a really good example. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it's quite as straightforward as the question about being little with no big, because little has all sorts of accoutrements and things that you can do that sort of signal little, right? We have a lot of cultural cues for that in our community. We don't have as many cultural cues for big, especially if we're not talking about kink per se, but being able to, to break apart your own big impulse and find its, its, its requisite parts, I think could be really helpful. Mm. All right, you ready for another one, R&T? I'm ready. Boy, this one feels kind of fresh. Uh, this one is from... <laughs> this one's I just from, read it. <laughs> from an anonymous on Tumblr. <laughs> come on, anonymous. Come on, anonymous. Uh, let's keep it really topical. Any advice for someone who was married for quite some time <clears throat> and looking to get back into the dating game but has ABDL? serving to complicate things. Sometimes I think if I didn't have this dopey kink, life would be easier. On the other hand, I've met some pretty awesome people because of it. Conundrum! Exclamation point. Anonymous on Tumblr, what a great question you have. And boy, is this familiar to us or what, R&T? I don't know. As someone who's never been married and doesn't have an ABL kink, I feel like I can't really answer this question. For those of you new listeners, just back up about 10 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think we're both right in this space, right? So, yeah. Um, what do you do when you're trying to get back in the dating game as a person with an ABDL kink? Well, I would say um, the way that I decided to do it was to first, um, first don't look for an ABDL connection right away. What you're looking for right away is not your life partner. You're looking for somebody to rebound with. And let's be honest, most rebound guys in the world, rebound girls, rebound partners in general, are not your soulmate. Uh. You do not need to have everything in common with them. You just need to sort of refine your way around 
dating. And that's fine. You can date kinky people of different ilks. You can date more vanilla people. But at first, you don't need to put all of your eggs in your ABDL basket. I think you should wait until you feel like dating has sort of lost its sheen or fun and you're actually looking for something more permanent before you go about trying to find someone in the kinky world whose kinks fit yours, who who you might be able to see yourself in more of a long-term relationship with. This is a controversial take. I like it, RNT. And here's Wait, the thing. Why? Why is it controversial? Here's the thing. I actually agree. And I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have 10 years ago. 10 years ago, when it was my the end of my Nilla-focused marriage, I would have been like, forget it. Done with Nilla's. Lock it down. All that matters is that you find yourself a partner with your kink. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I would have been wrong, I think. Or at least for my experience, misguided. I think you're right. Um, so I, I want to affirm that like, that's wisdom that I did not have way to go, uh, that you have absolutely (laughs) surpassed me in wisdom once again. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You do it a lot. (laughs) Um, so, so here's me saying you're right. I was wrong again. And you're short. I'm tall. <laughs> Do the whole Matilda speech. I want the entire Matilda You're attractive. Speech. I'm not that attractive. And I, I actually think there is a period of time where it's really helpful to stretch beyond your kink. And it's not because you shouldn't be with somebody who has your kink. Maybe you should. Maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. But... I think you do have to flex a little bit to try parts of yourself and see what delights you and even just play a bit and discover facets of yourself that maybe you didn't fully embrace before. It might turn out you're a great fucking flirt. It might turn out you're a great fuck and you had no idea because you were really, really focused on this one aspect of your being, this kink, which I get, right? Again, 10 years ago, I was in the same place. But I do think it's really helpful. I I don't know if the word I'd use is rebound, maybe, but it is helpful to try some stuff out for a while before worrying about the ABDL side. Now, with that said, We've given copious advice on when you should tell a partner, right? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't let it get to the moment where somebody's handing you a ring and asking if you do, and then be like, "Well, have you told your partner?" But I think no. you, you can, you can enjoy some shit before that yeah. happens. I think you're if, if you're in a casual dating space where you're just trying to sort of stretch your legs and just, I guess, see if all of your all of your gears are still turning, all of your joints are still working, everything's still kind of going as it did prior to your marriage, you don't need to worry about it. But if you do feel a connection with someone, obviously that's when you would have to consider telling them. But I was more thinking like, just do casual dating, lunch dates, no weekend trips. Yeah, don't go to weddings Um, with people. Don't go to weddings with people. Yeah. Don't meet their family right away. No. And then, 
there's fet life and I know that it's had its ups and downs but if you go a looking my guess is that there are other people who are in the same boat as you who were married and looking to get back into the dating game or who have not been married but who really would like to be in a long-term relationship with someone who's got the same kink as them um yeah I don't think uh yeah I don't think you need to rush it but well, whenever you look for it you can find it and RT, you're significantly younger than I am, so maybe this is like very basic for you. But for me, this was a revelation. You actually don't have to get into a long term relationship with every person that you have fun with. <laughs> no, this is not. I did not realize this was a thing. <laughs> oh my God, are you about to tell me that's why we got married? Literally the only reason we married. No. Oh my God. Far from it. But <laughs> you, you don't have to just, it's okay to play. Yes. The trick is being really, 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 really honest about that, right? Now, that yeah. doesn't mean on day one you're like, hey, I'm RY and I have a diaper kink. Do you want to go have sex? But but you can say things like, hey, I'm in a space where I'm still exploring and I'm absolutely looking for connection and fun and I don't know what any of this is going to become. And I, if you're in for that, great, right? You, yeah. you don't, you don't, it, it's not expected that the people that you have fun with, spend time with, fuck, whatever, that these are your life partners forever. Right. And, I mean, in the early part of my dating, outside of our marriage, I um, started to feel myself having feelings for one particular person, and I had a conversation with them. I said, hey, listen, I'm not in a place where I can be exclusive where I want to call myself anyone's girlfriend, where I feel like I can commit in that way. And he wasn't asking me to, but I could feel myself going there. Mm, yeah. And the only question he asked was, can you see that happening at some point in the future if things go well? And I said, yeah, I can, but not right now. Yeah. And that's fine. Yep. And it's okay totally if fine. if that relationship turns into a long-term relationship. It's okay if it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, kudos. I think less, that's the right way to do that. Yeah, people are less scary than we think they're going to be, I think. I just get back out in the world. Again, I mean, I sound like I'm a million years old, like I'm a 40-something, but I just, I guess some part of me didn't realize you can just play your hand directly and everybody's okay. Yeah. You can do that now. Yeah. And then if you decide to be with somebody who is ABDL or multiple people, and one of them is ABDL or not, like that's up to you, but you don't have to nail it down. You can just get back in the dating game and enjoy yourself. Absolutely. And just my opinion, but life would not be easier if you didn't have this dopey kink. Amen. There are so many divorcees that I know who are having a much harder time than I am. Yep. And I have this dopey kink. Yep. The dating game is not easier or harder based on this kink. It is difficult if if you if you're in it. <laughs> it's it difficult is. if you're a human being. Yeah, it's difficult if you're if you're here. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I mean, and look at the stats, right? Like you're you're having an ABDL kink does not necessarily make you more likely to have a difficult time. It's just hard to be in adult relationships. It's just hard. Yeah. I mean, you can't probably can't go to the library or a bar and just meet your soulmate. That is difficult, but the internet is 
so vast and you have full access to it. So I love that. You're right. The world is so big. Mm-hmm. So you anonymous back on the market and ABDL, I say, does it complicate things? Maybe. Does it make it harder? Not necessarily. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. All right, you ready for your ready for your oh, last one? Oh, this one's yours. Oh, this is for uh, me? Yeah, you asked the last one, so I get to ask this one God to you. God damn it. All right, go ahead. All right. Um, let's see who asked this one. Do we know who asked this was? This was, no, it was anonymous on Tumblr. All right, anonymous. I said that with uh, such derision. Y- yay, it was no, anonymous on Tumblr. it was anonymous. I love you, anonymous, just as much as I love the people who are not anonymous. Tumblr anonymous? We're, we're going to call you... Anne. Anne. Anne, go ahead, Anonymous. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I just started listening to your podcast and I binged a few episodes tonight. Uh, one of the biggest things that keeps me, f- that keeps coming up for me is worrying about if slash how I should start wearing. Ah. I worry that if I start wearing diapers, then I will choose the comfort and reliability of diapers over real, vulnerable, uncertain sexual encounters in the real world. Oh, my God. This is its own episode. The last thing I want is to be alone because I'd rather be diapered than on a date. Any advice or tips on how to navigate the early days of exploring the kink fetish would be appreciated. Ooh, this is so Oh, this is meaty. This is really meaty. It's like they're doing their due diligence before they get all dipped up. Wow. I really want to tackle this one head Please on. Please do. But I know. I'm afraid I'm going to have like a 10-minute diatribe. Please do. My, let, me go, let me go first then. Okay. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. The only thing I yeah, would yeah. say is um, there is no real sexual encounters in the real world that are more important necessarily to you than the comfort and reliability of your diapers. If that's what makes you feel good, that's what you should be doing. Um, if it doesn't, if it makes you feel like you're missing out on something, then your body and mind will let you know that and you will choose to go on a date instead. I think you are fearful and that's okay, but there's no part of you that's going to choose something that's not giving you everything you need over something that could. I think You'll be, I think you should, should embrace this part of yourself if that's what you want to do. Hmm. All right. Go what, ahead, R.Y. What do you do with the fear that like, okay, so t- uh, Anonymous embraces it. And then it's like, this is better. This is way then easier. It's better. Oh. Then it's better. I'm saying, nope. If, if Anonymous is missing out, then they'll go find something. Ah. But if they're not missing out. There is no real world with real uncertain sexual encounters that they are missing out on mm. over the comfort. What mm. we all want at the end of the day is the warmth and comfort and connection to something that means something to us. And if that, if diapers give them that, then that's what they should do. Ooh, this is so good. I'm going to say I'm 50, 50 with you on this one. All right. I'm ready to hear. So, the part that I am absolutely all thumbs on, like just thumbs up across the board, is it's there's nothing that is more real than whatever you're experiencing. And if you're experiencing comfort and it feels really great and makes you happy, that that literally is just as real <laughs> as an experience that you'll have outside of that comfort. 
So I don't know that it makes sense to prioritize like, oh, this is pretend comfort because I'm alone and I'm doing it by myself. Um, in fact, some of the most real, vulnerable, beautiful moments I've ever had have been alone. And I've had incredible, real, vulnerable moments with other people, but um, that is real. So RNT, you and I are 100% in agreement on that. And that's, uh, I'm, I'm snapping my fingers as if uh, it were a poetry reading. The, the part where I may disagree is that, and p- perhaps you haven't RNT, good on you, I certainly have, fallen into patterns of reliability and easy comfort that have lured me into repetitive actions that become compulsions. And I know the question didn't say compulsions, but I'm going to put it there. That sometimes, for instance, closing the curtains and staying in bed and just sleeping through the the morning and the early afternoon can be the most therapeutic thing in the world, for instance. But sometimes closing the curtains and staying in bed and sleeping through the morning and early afternoon is a way to shut off your reality and ignore it. And so you have to develop a really good internal compass for when it's super therapeutic and helpful and needed. And if you've ever reached that point of exhaustion where you're like, I'm calling in sick, I'm having a mental health day, and I'm just going to sleep for a while or whatever it happens to be, good on you. I think that's really great. I myself have certainly given way to compulsions over time where that therapeutic value wears off and it becomes an escape from my day-to-day life. And I've fallen into patterns where I do the easy thing over and over and over. And in those moments, I actually think I'm missing out on life. I don't think there's a should there. I don't think that I should be doing something else. I just, in retrospect, recognize that I passed on some really amazing opportunities to rise to the challenges and rise to the opportunities of my life by doing the easy thing. And I'm thinking particularly sexually. Like, I have, I have positions that feel very comfortable to me. I have roles that feel very comfortable to me. And then I have those that are less comfortable. But when I've engaged those less comfortable spaces just to see what happens, I have learned so much about myself. So will wearing make you miss out on sex? Not initially. However, you may, as you expressed, come to a place where you're choosing the comfort and reliability of this object over the real vulnerable and uncertain relationships that are available to you in the real world. There's nothing wrong with that in the short term. Frankly, there's nothing wrong with it in a moral sense at all. But I would hate for you to choose comfort over connection as a reflex. I would much rather you choose comfort over connection as in sort of an intermittent choice or choosing yourself. And then push yourself in some spaces to choose connection over comfort. I think um, something that might be really helpful if this fear does relate to missing out, um, eventually missing out just because you're, you might become sort of compulsive about this wonderful, comfortable, comfortable reliable thing is um, offer it to yourself as a reward 
for getting out into the world. I know that I tend to be really um, introverted and uh, whenever I feel my energy reserves are low, but I know there's something I need to do, I'll go out into the world knowing that as soon as I get back, I can offer myself this. Oh, that's good. That's so good. So like, I'm going to challenge myself to do the hard thing, see what happens. And then when I come back, I get the familiar comforting thing. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's so easy to polarize these things and see the familiar comforting thing as somehow bad or less than. But what you're describing is to put them both in places of honor. Thank you. I love that. I should just, I, I'm going to check out and let you do this advice. Podcast. You've been nailing it all night, man. I'm RNT, the so one yeah. and only <laughs> host, of this, host of this podcast. I know how to do podcast things and I know how to edit. Uh, I just, I learned so much from you every time. And this Thank is really, you. really good. I, I love this tip of like, I like give yourself comfort as a reward for putting yourself in a place that stretches your boundaries in ways that are help, yeah. you know, helpful. Well, because and what we're talking about is self-care and dating and they're two very different things. You can have both. Yeah. Well, and to think about like for instance, when I was first starting to run, mm-hmm. right? Like as an exercise, I used to reward myself. I'd be like if I get up and run, we had like a 545 thing. If I get up and do that, when I get back, I get to have cereal, which was like mm. a very familiar comfort food. It probably offset all the calorie gains of running. But the point was, is I was learning a new, very uncomfortable discipline that I knew was ultimately very good for me. And I was trading it for something that was a familiar comfort when I got back. No, I don't think it's, it's so not. different. And actually, I use it all the time in childcare. I will allow really comfortable, familiar things into a conversation about something scary. Like, if you will try this new thing, do know that afterwards we can go back and do this very familiar thing that you like. So it's not like you're going to be out there in that scary place all day or out there doing that scary thing for the whole afternoon we're just trying something new and then we can go back to being our comfortable selves. Like, so. Yeah. I will also just add one small note, which is when I am compulsively embracing comfort, mm-hmm. I am uncomfortable. And so pay attention to that little voice in you that when you are on whatever it happens to be, you know, c- compulsion activity number 12, and you're like, something's off. Like, I, I I don't feel great. As long as it's not a moral voice saying you're bad because you're not, as long as there's a voice saying I want something more, that's meaningful. So maybe, like in the moments where you allow yourself comfort and sleep and, oh my God, I was exhausted and I finally got to pass out and there's no voice there that's like, hey. you shouldn't have done that, right? But when you engage compulsively in comfort activities, as I have, there is a little voice inside me that says, mm. ah, something ain't right here. This is a whole lot of this. Pay attention to that as a yes. discomfort. Because it really yes. is. And the, the, the weird compulsion in those moments is when you feel that discomfort to rely more on your comfort mechanism, right? So instead to go, no, no, my comfort mechanism, my compulsive use of my comfort mechanism is in and of itself the problem. 
and maybe there's something else I can do. To give the grossest metaphor of the night. Thank you for that. Or the in grossest advance. simile of the night. It's like when you squeeze a pimple. <laughs> That's pretty gross. When you do it, it relieves the pressure. Uh huh. If you keep squeezing it long after the need has been met, all you're going to do is bruise the shelf. Like you're you're gonna have a. It's gonna be more and more painful, less and less helpful. Fucking killer analogy. But gross, right? Yeah. Gross, but perfect, right? Because you do. You get this bruise that's like, I overdid it. Yeah. Why did I do that? I did not need it anymore. Yep, yep, yep. Learn to say thank you and goodbye to your comforts at the moment you need to step out. Mm-hmm. Hmm. R&T, this, my God, we could do this forever. Well, I mean, we've tackled four questions here. How to little yourself. How to big with no little. What do you do when you're back on the market as an ABDL? And will wearing make you miss out? This is a lot accomplished in 40 minutes. I feel pretty good about us. I do too. Strong work. I do too. Strong work. Uh, Friends, uh, remember when I said I was going to ask you for something? Well, here I go. This is me asking you for something. We are now on episode 98. We're so close. Of Love and Brief, a podcast for and about the ABDL community. So I'm asking you for some help. Send me, send us your favorite love and brief moments. You don't have to go like into an audio editor and cut it out. Just describe it. What episode, what hosts, what topics were the most, for whatever reason, most helpful, most wonderful, most laughable. What are the things that you really enjoyed about love and brief in the last 100 episodes and send them to me at loveandbrief at gmail.com or on Tumblr at resonate. Yes. Or on Instagram at resonate. Yes. Or on FetLife at resonant. Yes. This is pretty predictable. Your job is to take the steps to type that information. Even better, if you happen to be on Instagram, record a voice message and send it to me so that I can put you on the 100th episode of Love and Brief. I love hearing your voice, and I won't share a single thing that you didn't say. So I won't share your name or your email or your Instagram handle, only what you said on your recording. Send it to Resonant Yes at Instagram and... uh We are going to compile those as well as some of our favorite moments ourselves for our 100th episode. R&T, did you ever think when we set out on this, we'd be doing 100 episodes? No, this is exciting. Well, I did, but I have giant goals. You did? Yeah, 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 yeah. You do. And you do. You have giant goals and you have a history in broadcasting. I was like, what is this going to be? Like five, six? (laughs) I just can't wait till we get to 500. That's going to be the one that blows my mind. Ah. Yeah, it's going to be a winner. Um, it's going to be so fun. Aren't you anything else you want to share today? I've missed you guys. Oh, I've missed you guys too. It's been like a month. But we have lots more love and brief to come, not just from our 100th episode, but hopefully our 200th and 300th as well. I am Resident Yes. This has been Love in Brief. Love in Brief.